0: Once you know financially where you stand and what you need to have, and how much the business can contribute to that on a realistic basis today and where it needs to get to, that's really the essence of the first phase of of exit planning.
1: Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI.
0: And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI.
1: Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this.
0: Gain the insight and knowledge that thousands of business owners and their advisors have used to plan for the future. The BEI membership equips you with the proven process that enables owners to exit their business on their terms. Learn how to approach the subject with your clients and work successfully with other exit planners. Receive access to video overviews, comprehensive articles, case studies, and much more. Cement your position as the trusted advisor to your most successful clients. Get started today by visiting exitplanning.com forward slash membership. That's exitplanning.com forward slash membership.
1: We're here today to talk more about why we plan and the issues that face business owners and their advisors in the process of planning for a successful future. So we've talked in many episodes about all different kinds of issues that are related to planning. And, you know, John, I was I was thinking as we came in today that we've told kind of a lot of horror stories. So client comes in and tells their advisor something and and it turns out nobody is prepared. Turns out nobody knew that this is what we're going to do. Turns out that. Uh, the scenario has gone very, very wrong. Mm. Turns out the advisor doesn't know anything about how to help their clients. And in other episodes, we talked about planning that wasn't done and the dire consequences or owners who, uh, I think we talked once about an owner who um, basically, you know, ran away from their planning because they were completely overwhelmed. And so we've told a lot of negative stories, but it I was sort of thinking today about how I actually get a few positive stories in the work that we do. So I spend a lot of time in person and on the phone and on video meetings talking with professional advisors who work with business owners from all around north america and they have a lot of different things to say and one of the trends that i have seen in the last maybe i mean it's probably been two years now even though it feels like two months but i've been seeing a trend of professional advisors i think uh, reading between the lines finding business owners in their communities to be a tiny bit better informed, a little bit more sort Mm -hmm. of aware Mm -hmm. of the, you know, the fact that they need to think about their future, not necessarily finding a lot of business owners having better, more thought out, more detailed written plans or something. It's not really that, but it's more that I think there's more conversation going on and there's more Mm -hmm. thinking going on Mm -hmm. among people who own closely held and privately held businesses than maybe we would have seen 20 years ago. So let's assume that that is the case, or it's at least the case for these professionals who tend to put out a lot of educational information and do a lot of workshops and things like Mm -hmm. that. So maybe Mm -hmm. it's just a result of that. Mm -hmm. And there are owners who, you know, aren't really ready to, to exit their business. They're not really ready to sort of launch into a comprehensive process with, six different advisors and a 50 page written document and 10 different kinds of research and analysis going on and all kinds of, and fees, you know, lots of fees. So owners are starting to be inclined to want to start a process where they can start to do something themselves. They can take a step Mm -hmm. that moves them towards a successful Mm -hmm. future. So it's not, it's not a DIY, I have a plan now for the future. I didn't need anybody else to help me because we've all seen those, and they're not mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty they're pretty fragile, I think. But uh, more and more advisors are telling me, okay, how can I help my business owning clients sort of think about if you've done nothing or if you have nothing, what's one thing? And it may not be the thing that everybody must do first. But what is one thing? that a business owner can do in order to move themselves even an inch towards the future. Because what we do know about people is that if you make a little bit of progress, you get a really good feeling about it and it might encourage you to make another inch or foot of progress. So is that a a fair thing for them to be doing, John? These advisors who, even though it's their business to advise owners, on planning for the future, is it reasonable for them to say? Sometimes my business owner clients just want to just want to do something that they can handle themselves. Is is that okay
0: with you? Well, interesting question. That probably would not be okay with me.
1: Okay, tell
0: me why. Uh, because they don't know what to do. Uh, they're going to need some level of of suggestion. Yeah. On the part of the the advisor on how to take that first step. And I agree, taking that first step is really important, but-
1: And do you think there are things that owners can do without a lot of meetings, a lot of documentation, a lot of fees, are there things that they can do that that move their planning forward? Or that maybe you know not that it's zero, meetings, uh-huh. zero fees, but you know a piece instead of a complete, comprehensive, yeah. broad spectrum approach. Approach is there a thing that a business uh-huh. owner could focus on that would measurably sort of sort of move
0: things? I would do a couple of things, but this would be maybe a little bit more than just a little incremental step. Okay. The first thing I would suggest owners do, and they don't need to work with an exit planning advisor at this, this stage to do this, uh, but I think they need to get an accurate understanding of what it is they have. Because I think, I don't think, I pretty well know, I'm pretty well convinced having seen hundreds maybe thousands of exit plans that most owners uh, have a, an expanded view of the value of their company the type of income they can draw from their investments and so on, so that inclines them to not do anything. Right, They're overly optimistic in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing, and this doesn't take a lot of of work, uh, but I would sit down with my financial planner uh, if so if you don't have a financial planner or somebody who advises you on that type of, of planning that would be the first step what is it that you actually spend what is it that you would actually like to continue to spend when you no longer own the business if the, if your goal is to exit the business at mm-hmm. some point how much capital are you going to need to maintain that lifestyle that's going to come from your investment capital and the net proceeds from the transfer of ownership of your company and that's going too far, I understand, but just the very basics of just doing some basic financial planning, that's where I would start.
1: I think you're totally right, because we're also potentially, if that step, let's say, if that step is already done, or business owner goes off and, and takes that step, then the companion or next step might be getting a preliminary business valuation. Right. right. And You know, I have, I can think of one owner in particular who was actually somebody that my husband was doing business with and somehow this came up, you know, um, I'm really, this is a gentleman, he's here in town and he uh, already participated in a pretty big uh, third party sale of his business. And it was actually one that your old law firm did the deal. Okay. And so this guy then sat out his non-compete, started a new business, and it's already been. I mean, it's been twenty or twenty-five years, probably twenty years.
0: I'm not that old, Elizabeth.
1: <clears throat> Some older people in your yeah, firm yes, did right. the transaction. The founders. Because yeah. I was aware. I was. It was probably twenty-five years because yeah. I was aware of that transaction when I was at that firm, but I didn't. But I didn't work on it. Okay, that's neither here nor there. So. Uh, This guy waited out his non-compete, started another business, felt like he was young enough to go ahead and do that, and has built it up into another really, really nice business. This business, he just happens to be telling my husband he would like to transition to his daughter, who's been working in it and running it with him for, I don't know, however many years, and she seems very capable. And he says, you know, is that something that maybe your wife, Elizabeth, I know that she has this background in planning for privately held businesses. Is that something that she could maybe help me with? And my husband, of course, volunteers me to do some, give some free advice because he loves to do that for business clients of his. And he says, Oh, definitely. I'll have Elizabeth call you. So I call up the guy and I think we sat down and met, this is a little, a few years ago. And, we sort of talked through everything and and it turned out that he was pretty early on still in his business cycle he was only maybe 10 years in 10 15 years into owning this new business his daughter was still developing her skills mm-hmm. and growing the business value he he was estimating he was maybe he was overestimating but he still did not think it would be sufficient like he w- he didn't think that it would allow him to do anything in particular he's still working on growing the company and i ended up leaving him with a few things one was a copy of exit planning the definitive guide by wow, john brown what a great I did idea give it to that him is. for free and then i suggested that he get a financial planner which he did not have and that he try to figure out his personal financial situation for the immediate near future and long-term. Right. What is that gonna look like? What do we have if you're just working for the business and getting money out of it as you are now? Mm-hmm. If that grows, what about the business value? Can you live without the business value since you're trying to transition to your child or do you need something else from the company? So long-term financial plan, mm-hmm. what does that even look like? And, what, and, and it'll allow you to figure out what the business needs to do in order to help you get to where you're going. And then I told him, if you get all of that done and you feel like you have a really clear vision, then I would suggest that the next thing you do is get a preliminary business valuation and understand what it's based on so that you can start to not manipulate, uh, you know, sort of leverage the things in your business that can have the greatest possible impact right. on business value. And when you're done with those two things, call me back because he didn't need me to write a plan for him. He needed to understand his own situation and focus on training his daughter, focus on his personal financial situation. So Mm -hmm. I do think that you're to your point that sending a business owner off or having a business owner who's listening here go and get a financial planner to help them think through their financial future is really, really important and a totally valid first step that a business Mm -hmm. owner can take without hiring a
0: team right and and, and that, that financial planner i shouldn't speak for financial planners because i'm not one but that is not an expensive proposition to do they may just meet with you initially and not charge anything just to give you a general lay of the land but it really is in exit planning so important to begin the planning, whether it's formal or whether it's going to be informal, with the right information and, and not to make a lot of assumptions of value, of rates of return and things like that. Leave that to the experts uh, and that will give you a solid base on which to move forward. You'll, you'll start to figure out how far you have to grow the business. Maybe you don't have to grow it at all. Uh, but it'll give you an idea of where you're at today and where you need to get to. That's really a, f- a financial determination of what you need to have ultimately in terms of net worth to live the life that you want to lead. So I think a financial planner is really important. They're not, it's not an expensive proposition, an initial proposition to do that. And then to Elizabeth's point, the other, I guess, area where owners can go a little wild is valuing their companies Mm -hmm. and so they think it's they tend to think it's worth far more than it is Mm -hmm. they tend not to take into account when they transfer it the tax consequences the the transaction costs of lawyers and investment bankers and cpas uh, they tend to underestimate the taxes. They tend they to assume ignore the fact. They they'll
1: get paid and not have to pay off their debt. Yeah,
0: there's debt in the company that has to be. So they. So that's the other aspect. Once you know financially where you stand and what you need to have and how much the business can contribute to that on a realistic basis today and where it needs to get to in order to close any gap, that's really the essence of the first phase of, of exit planning.
1: Right. And I think it's a, I think it's a valid point to let (laughs) business owners know that they don't need to pay someone a planning fee in order to take those steps. They can go ahead and do those things. If you're the kind of owner who, you know, enjoys sort of making a list and getting things done on your own and feeling like you're kind of, you know, you're driving the bus, Mm -hmm. then I think it's, I think it's fine. I do too. Can I I ask you one question? Yes.
0: In the Thousands of exoplans you, you're familiar with, either that we've you've done or our members do throughout North America. How many times has a member said, Boy, this owner came to me and she was really pretty well prepared <laughs> to move ahead with her exoplanning? And I or I gave them a checklist of things to do and they came back the next year and by golly, they had all of them done.
1: I'm going to say I have heard of it, okay, and it does it does exist. And if more owners knew that that was a good, rational, valuable place to start, I think more would do it because you get all this personal benefit from uh-huh. doing your financial plan or from getting a preliminary evaluation. you know, you know things, you get insight that you didn't have before. So I think there's a lot of, reasons why an owner would feel good about getting one or both of those things done. And I have, I mean, I have seen it. I've seen owners come in maybe with a preliminary evaluation because they were curious. So two years ago, I got this valuation. It came back like this. This is what it was based on. I didn't end up doing anything with it, uh, but I'm here now because I wanna, I need more advice and, mm-hmm. I wanna, and I wanna do more planning. Or I do have a financial planner, because I know that it's important and I want to make good financial decisions. So I've actually been working closely with that person and I have a really I really have a tight, accurate sense of my mm-hmm. financial situation. I would say those things are not
0: not unheard of. I don't think they're unheard of, but I think the majority of business owners have not done that. I know
1: and- they've been busy. Yeah, and they, and they probably
0: realistic speak, realistically speaking are not going to do it. They do need the, the counsel of an advisor familiar with the planning process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the values that, that our advisors bring to the to the table is they know what the roadmap needs to look like for an owner to get from where she's at to where she needs to be. And, and I think that is of great value yeah. for most owners.
1: And I'll say that's maybe a bridge into probably the one other thing I could think of that is a good place for owners to start if they don't have a comprehensive plan in place for the future. So I don't know what I'm going to do or I know what I want to do, but I haven't done anything about it yet. Maybe it's far away. Maybe I'm just not ready. So whatever the reason may be that there's no comprehensive plan in place. The other thing that a lot of Uh, BEI advisors are doing is having business-owning clients start with a business continuity plan that acts as kind of like a standalone. Now, this would not fall into the category of a thing that maybe I would suggest that a a business owner do independently without any help at Mm -hmm. all, but I think it can be done as a standalone for now to kind of see where we're at. Reduce some risk and give us some, uh, some relief or sort of some peace of mind, and so a lot of uh, advisors and owners are doing sort of a sort of a single, a sing, a sing narrow scope kind of project, mm-hmm. uh, in which they work through a series of questions and decisions that an owner can make about, well, if this happens who will do this and where will my family go for that information or this other advice? Mm -hmm. Uh, Who who should take responsibility for activity X versus activity Y? So there's all these different kinds of um, things that a business Uh owner could start to kind of lay out, write down, it's a fairly kind of concise project but it does it does sort of set us on the path of planning for the future, especially if we say as part of my business continuity, uh, for example, one of the decisions I need to make is, okay, which person inside the company can have a conversation with our top five customers or clients in the event that I, the owner, am unexpectedly not available, I die, or I become disabled, I've had a stroke, whatever that is. So who's the person, this is the advisor will say, Okay, tell me the person that can talk to your top five clients, or your top 10 clients, or the top 10% of your clients. Those are important relationships, we want the business to continue, we don't want anybody to be nervous, we need someone to, to go out and have that conversation. And if I as the owner say, there isn't anybody, that tells me, that gives me something to work on for the next year. A year from now, I really do need to have somebody who can have that conversation, who can make those calls. And then my planning moves forward because while I'm working on adding or building or developing a person who can talk to my top clients, I'm also delegating responsibility or building relationships between my management team and my customers that I've traditionally held. So I think working through business continuity, seeing where I'm mm-hmm. weak and then chipping away at those weaknesses is a way to move planning forward. Agree or disagree? Is that too risky or is it a dumb place to start? What do you think?
0: Well, I don't think it, the starting place for that in my mind would be way up at the beginning of the planning process and assessing, you know, what are my goals and aspirations for me and my business today and in the future. And then to make sure that those goals are achieved, whether the owner dies, becomes disabled, whatever, or not, or they live. Uh, And so this is going to be the topic of several of our future podcasts. And in my mind, it's really the integration of what I call exit planning, planning for the day when you're going to leave your business alive and business continuity planning, which is planning for the day when you, you become incapacitated or you die, right? The goals of owners really don't change. In terms of what they want for the business and their family whether they live or whether they die in terms of exiting the business so there's a to elizabeth's point this is the starting point i would say for uh, for an awful lot of our advisors maybe the majority of it's our certainly advisors, getting there it's a lot of it's a lot of hundreds of advisors are doing the first part the first phase of planning really which is understanding and having the uh, owner understand what they have and what they want and then going all the way you might say to the back end of the planning process what happens if i don't make it to the finish line and making sure because we can do that because we know what the owner wants and needs and has we can do that planning right now right So I think
1: owners should start with this. Think of it as a contingency plan. We call it continuity planning. I think an owner would understand it as a contingency plan. If this unfortunate thing happens, then here are the steps or the processes that need to be put in place. And now I can maybe sleep a little
0: better at night. Exactly. And, And a lot of the tools we have for continuity or contingency planning are really the same types of tools you have for lifetime planning like who are my key employees right who do are they know
1: what they need to know yeah do they have the information yeah. that they need do they have the skills that they need
0: now, right. who is my who is on my team of advisors that needs, needs to be consulted if something happens to me what's probably the team of advisors involved in your planning today and And so it all really meshes together really well. And I think our advisors find it's easier to approach continuity planning or contingency planning or succession planning, however whatever you want to call it, estate planning. It's a lot easier uh, and more effective to approach it by beginning with the living goals and wants and needs and aspirations of the owner, because that's something the owner pays attention to.
1: Right, so what uh, we've come up with now Let's see if we can, if I can get all, if okay. I can remember all the way back to the beginning we, of our conversation. We, do,
0: we both have that challenge occasionally.
1: Things that owners can do today or this month or this quarter could be probably started and finished. Right
0: after this podcast.
1: Immediately after this immediately. podcast. And within 90 days, a person who owns a business could have either a personal financial plan done mm-hmm. or. A preliminary business valuation done, or a starter version, a first attempt at a business continuity or contingency or succession plan. Those are three things that a business owner can do, they need to have they need to know some things and have some information. But in 90 days, at least one of those things could get done. Mm -hmm. And then move on to the next 90 days. So so for owners who are overwhelmed by a complex and comprehensive process, don't do that. Let's just do one thing at a time. And a qualified advisor can help say, okay, the next thing will be just this and break it down into its pieces. Mm-hmm. So those are the kinds of ways that owners can get started. If there's an owner listening, those are the places we suggest that you go. If you're an advisor, those are the, those are the steps that we might propose that you recommend to your clients. And then we can move mm-hmm. forward with planning from there, right?
0: Right. And I think uh, yep, I think that's that's a good a good summary. I have nothing to add. Well,
1: that's why we plan, John <laughs> Brown. So uh, we encourage you to join us for more podcasts where we will try to talk about both the sort of perils of planning gone wrong, the great benefits and outcomes of planning that has gone well, and the steps that owners and advisors can take in between to try and create those better outcomes. So I you know we say it all the time, but I just said this to somebody yesterday on the phone who asked me this. You know, they said, "Well, why do why does why does your company not do something rather?" And I said, "Because our mission is to help business owners benefit from their lives' work, and if I spend." all of my energy and all of my projects trying to adhere to that philosophy, then I think I will be doing a good thing. So that's what we're here to do, right?
0: That's why we plan. That's why we plan.
1: Thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Join us for our next episode. For more content like this, please visit exitplanning.com.